0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I'm trying to stay consistent, people. Consistency is the key, right? Yeah, that's why I'm still out of shape. Now I... Oh my God, it's me again. Still all by myself. I haven't been able to get Mark. Guy's got a career. What are you going to do? Hey, everybody, welcome to the only podcast that likes beer, Batman, and bikes. That's right. It's the Pack Filler Podcast in the Pack Filler Studios. I'm Pat Bolger. Hi, kids. How's it going? Hey, super. Good to hear. You believe Glenn Fry's dead I just saw that, Glenn Fry we, we, Okay, Glenn Fry we, lo- we lost Lemmy, we lost David Bowie And I know I'm forgetting Somebody else But it's like God needs a house band It's really depressing For people my age <sighs> I'm serious For all you youngsters who don't know who Glenn Fry is Go do something else. It's bumming me out. But, you know, I can't let it bring down the show here because I do have a show to do today. And um, the interviews just keep stacking up. But before we get to the interview, I do want to, of course, thank the Sufferfest. If you haven't listened to this show, you've never heard me thank the Sufferfest. I do it at the beginning of every show. Been with us for a long time. Thanks, Dave McQuillan and the crew over there. The... Tour of Sufferlandry is coming up February 6th to the 14th. If you are new to the Sufferfest videos, they now have the app. You do not need to purchase all the videos. Although financially, that does me no good now that I stop and think about it. But here I am promoting it anyway because I am a believer in that workout regimen So uh, check out thesufferfest.com if you want to go through the Pack Filler website and click on our link first. If you buy a video, it would send me like, I don't know, 18 cents or something like that. And I can maybe save up enough someday to insulate my windows. Boy, am I sounding like a pity party, and I'm not intending to. Uh, Sufferlandria Tour, 6th through the 14th. It's going to be epic, you guys. I've already looked at the lineup. The course map is there, all the videos. In fact, we're doing Revolver back-to-back on one day. If you know Revolver, you are cringing right now, or you just shit your pants. But uh, we will be going with that, and it's going to be an absolutely brutal Um, Just over a week. So be ready for that coming up very soon. Thanks to the Sufferfest for being involved with the podcast in one way, shape, or form for a very long time. Also, thanks to Road ID. Click on the link. Buy yourself a snazzy wristband and uh, help identify yourself should you be unable to speak. (laughs) I mean, unconscious or something like that. And also, uh, I, I... I think the sponsorships run out. Big thanks to Glenn over at Elephant Bikes, uh good friend and uh and uh always good to see custom builders out there. Interview for the day. I do have a um a little bit of a rant. I'm gonna get to that here in a minute. But interview of the day, I found a website, uh dot com. And um if you have never been to Derby, you will find out all about it here shortly. Before we get to the interview with David today, I got a couple things like to mention, like to speak about. Number one, for those of you who are uh, liking the new format, thank you guys very much. Be sure and go on an iTunes and, and, and judge me. I, I'm, I'm asking you to judge me. I'm asking you to pick on me. And, uh, and be sure, especially if you're one of the, the rare few who, who find the show interesting, be sure and tell some, tell some people, you know, I, because I'm, I'm shallow and I need to get some sort of a voice out there. I've been married for 22 years. I need someone to listen. <laughs> and I do notice that a lot of you guys have been listening, especially after the last episode in which I came well, I came out, I guess we could say, with the admittance that I'm going to be doing the Leadville 100 in 2016. I was excited. I was nervous. I... Uh, I had something, I guess, that I'm going to be training for, and something in which to, uh, my maybe get me through a season without, as my loving father once said, becoming a, a candidate for a heart attack. So here I am. I'm, I've I've got something to train for. I've been I've been actually spending some time, you know, getting ready, getting on the bike. I'm putting in those basic junk miles already. I don't do the junk miles, but yeah, I'm I'm doing them. I got I to gotta get some for, sort of a fitness base before I can build on top of that. You can't build a house without a foundation. You know that kind of crap. All those metaphors. But here we are all of a sudden after last week's episode in which I bare my soul about the excitement of an event. I wouldn't expect any less, by the way. But all of a sudden I start receiving emails from listeners saying, oh, dude, you don't want to do Leadville. You got to do this. You got to do this other race. You got to do this one. Leadville's kind of like the McDonald's of endurance races. Man, you got to go over here. You got to go to this tiny little grassroots gig. It's awesome, man. They got live bands, and, and, the, and it's not a belt buckle. You get like a can of spam mounted on a board and shit. I've received multiple emails from people telling me basically where to go. And my question for you is, where the fuck were you guys six months ago when I was saying how depressed I was with racing and how I needed to find something new? (sighs) I'm relying on you guys to keep me going here. I need a reason to shave my legs need a reason to cut carbs. <laughs> I don't need a reason to put the beer down because I'm not going to though, but I don't know. I, I, I'm excited. And I thank you guys for coming to the to response. You're a little late. But we'll see. I did ask about some early season events in which I could probably use as testing points. I know that Leadville is probably going to be a gigantic promenade with 2,000 riders trying to fit onto a dirt road at one given point in time. It's not exactly like it's going to be balls to the walls, try to pass somebody whenever possible. I understand that. But what I'm going to be looking for is something to train for and something to test, okay? This race is more about racing yourself than it is necessarily racing somebody else. Although I did agree to a bet about with a listener about competing against some triathletes. And if I lose, I have to donate to Davis Finney's Parkinson's Research Fund, which is not a bad thing. So I guess if I lose, I, I do something good. Are you telling me I should throw the fight? Well, I'm not going to. There, I got that off my chest. And speaking of getting off my chest, before we go to our interview this week, it is time for a segment that I promised in the new format, but I haven't really felt it because in, in there's obvious too many candidates that are happening out there for the jackhole of the week. I'm not getting into politics on this show, if you know what I mean. But over the last 24 hours, I was able to experience jackholism at its finest. I'm going to try and uh, keep it vague, so should anybody I know be listening to this show, I'm not going to pick on them directly. But let's get to it. Jackhole of the week. All right, just recently... I um, I think I've told you guys before, I have a son who is an avid soccer player. And uh, he's trying to see where that train will take him very much the way I did with cycling back in the 80s. Boy, did that pay off. <laughs> but over this uh, this past week, my son was fortunate to attend a tournament in Phoenix, Arizona. By the way, every time I've been to Arizona, it has rained. I've been there five times. It has rained in Arizona every time I've been there. And every time one of you people from Arizona looks at me and says, I don't know what this is. It never rains here. And then it rains. I'm not buying your shit anymore, Arizona. I'm not falling for it. I'm not drinking the iced tea. I'm not doing it. Back on topic. So to get my kid to this Arizona trip, It required, obviously, an airplane ride, and the airplane itself, for some reason, the only way he could get to that flight in time was for me to drive him to Seattle. For those of you who don't know the state of Washington, Spokane is not a suburb of Seattle unless you consider 265 miles a commute, so I'm taking my son over to Seattle And then I was going to drop him off the airplane and turn around and drive back. About nine hours of driving, all in all. Yeah. Father of the year. You're right. I should. Father of the year. Of course, soccer is a team sport. So as soon as it's found out that dipshit Bulger is willing to drive his son across the state and back, of course that attracts people and other teammates, which I am a good person. I'm not going to deny anybody of that. I'm not an asshole. I believe in being a polite person whenever possible. I agree to take two other students, children, players, teammates to Seattle. Here's where some things get interesting, okay? And this might be me ranting like an old man. In my day, I do recall, and if somebody else were taking my son across the state, I had to take a day off of work and to do it, I would have offered them something. I would have said, oh, my gosh, thank you for doing this. Can I buy a tank of gas or something like that? Now, I didn't need necessarily the money. I'm not rolling in cash, but I didn't need the money. It was just the concept that the gesture was never offered. In fact, one of these little sweethearts, actually, uh, his dad told me, oh, so-and-so has some money, he'll give you some. And I, I went, oh, wow. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Kid never gave me a damn thing. Second time I've taken this kid across the state. He's never given me a damn thing. And then upon returning Sunday, the flight... Arrived at eight p.m. in at SeaTac Airport, Seattle area, which means I had to drive over in the afternoon, and arrived back here in Spokane about twelve thirty a.m. Sunday night. Well, Monday morning. Again, no gesture of of outward thanks. I know. Am I making a mountain out of a molehill here? Am I making too big of a deal out of this? Am I freaking out to the point of thinking that common courtesy is something that is disappearing? Maybe. But I think what capped it off even more, not the kids, not the team players, not the parents, was we were in the elevator in the parking garage at SeaTac International Airport. And there was an elderly woman in the elevator with us. When I say elderly, I'm assuming over the age of 60. Either that or she just hasn't been taking very good care of herself. A little crazy. I'm, I'm going to say she was a little crazy. She, once we got to the elevator, looked at us, the three, the, the three soccer player kids, nice enough kids, And their father and looks at us and goes, oh, you guys are only going down one floor. Why do you need to just go down one floor? And I looked at her and strangely, it was one of those moments when you meet somebody who speaks completely horrifically, absolutely goes over the rude scale, but, and you're shocked, you're frozen in that moment when you look at that type of a person and you want to say something like, fuck you. In, in the form of a question, but you don't. You freeze at that moment, and I did. I froze for a second there, and then as I looked through the closing elevator doors, there was a woman approaching us trying to get to the elevator. She says, going down, going down, and I went, yes, and I naturally, with that, in sheer instinct, stuck my hand out to open the door back up so she could come in, and this wonderful prune of a woman in the corner looks at me again and says, oh, God. Oh, why did you do that? And this is when I finally just, I mean, I wish I could have said something worse, but there were children in the elevator, you guys. I just looked at her and I said, I am so sorry that I'm trying to do something kind for my fellow human beings. And I wish that was the zinger, but it really wasn't a zinger, was it? Now that I even think about it, it was lame. It wasn't a very good comeback. I could have said something. Truly hateful, spiteful things. I probably could have made her cry within one flight of that elevator, but I just, I froze. And the poor woman who got in with her, and the lady was like, don't push that elevator, you, you think we're going up, you think we're going up, we're going down, and the lady froze, and she didn't push the button, so she had to go all the way down with the pruny lady, all the way down to her floor, and then back up. To the floor that she was. it was She was going to the floor between the one I was going to and the one that the depths of hell apparently where assholes park their cars. What happened to Common Courtesy? Am I an old man ranting on my soapbox right now yelling at you guys to get off my lawn? I just miss it. I miss people holding doors for each other. I miss... People not necessarily worrying about getting to your parked car in time to get home for Matlock reruns or the Blue Bloods. I said the uh, Blue Bloods on purpose because that's what they call it. (sighs) Or I miss you at least shutting the fuck up and not voicing your opinions to us. Is that a privilege of age, he says as he rants into a microphone? And at what point do you teach your kids that not at least offering that token gesture of appreciation, when, when did that happen? All right. Off soapbox. You guys got to give me some race ideas, all right? Don't wait until I've spent $400 on entry fee. Please, God. Give me some ideas. I don't know if I'm going to go. Going into the interview is going to be a really interesting twist from here, but we're going to see what we can do. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about superhero workouts, shall we? Ten questions with. All right, everybody, don't judge me, but I have a couple confessions to make. Uh, Number one. I'm the biggest Batman fan on the planet, hands down. Um, Always been a fan, and since many of you, before many of you were born, and uh, definitely before movies out there made him a household name, that's number one. Number two, I have to confess I'm on Pinterest. Um, At first I thought Pinterest was a place to get decorating ideas and see pictures of homemade macaroons. But after some curious exploration, I found it's pretty darn interesting in a way to geek out on all the silly things that define each of us. Anyway, my point of explaining this is to introduce today's guest. It was through these two closet obsessions that I discovered their website. If one were to get out and look up Batman Workout on Google, okay, the first image available outside of Christian Bale looking puffy would be the link to a site that used to be called Neelia Ray, and if I have the name wrong, hopefully my guest will co- correct me on my pronunciation of everything, but is now under the name of com. It's not just a place to learn how to throw a punch at the Joker, you guys. It's more than that. Okay, so please welcome uh, to the show today a member of the Derby team, David Amerlin. Did I get your last name right, too, David?
1: You did indeed, Patrick, and I'm thrilled to be here.
0: <laughs> Great. Thanks for coming on. Hey, just so that my listeners know, I have a lot of uh, triathletes, a lot of cyclists, outdoor enthusiasts like that, um, who might not be up to speed with everything that Derby is about. First of all, can I ask you what, what your role is with the with Derby and how did you become involved?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I was approached about a year ago um, to help them out with um, uh, sort of in, in, using their search marketing a little bit better and improving their presence across um, search engines. And the website name change was happening around that time, so, which is why they approached me. And as it happens, um, fitness is a, has always been a lifelong passion for me. I've been involved in competitive martial arts since I was 13. And, you know, I, I kind of got sucked in. <laughs> so, uh, you know, over the, the, course of, the course of time, I sort of became a full-blown team member. And here we are.
0: Okay, so now um, the site, as I've found, and for the listener out there can find, a, a really great source for – and I don't mean to belittle it by saying simple, but they are. They're straightforward workouts that can be accessible by pretty much anybody. Um, yeah,
1: I, yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because essentially the entire vision, which makes it so disruptive in many ways, is that for a very long time, fitness enthusiasts could understand fitness because we have our own internal language – which doesn't always translate from sport to sport, but anybody else felt like an outsider. And that created perceptible barriers to entry. You know, you had to join yeah. a club, perhaps. You had to be up to a certain level of fitness. If you weren't, you felt you were being judged or, you, you know, you weren't clued up. And, and and that accounted for a lot of the, within inverted commas, failures we have seen in people trying to get fit. And, and, and becoming fit... It's more about enjoying your own body and your own quality of life than, than you know, perhaps winning races, although yeah. you know, that is also part of it.
0: Yeah. So now where did the motivation behind this creation come? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm going to talk about the accessibility of it here, but um, what was the motivating factor behind creating that beyond just the make of a simple, straightforward, accessible workout?
1: Mm, well, that is the story of a single person who created all this, um, which is Nayla Ray. And, and essentially, um, her life, you know, she, she struggled with getting fit for quite some time in her life. And she's been through all those stages where you try things and you fail and, you know, you get into a worse cycle of depression, perhaps, and self-judgment than you normally would. And, and then eventually, you know, she sort of picked herself up and, and did it her own way and didn't listen to anybody And used her brain, essentially, when it came to fitness, because we all know that it's not, you know, formulaic, it has to be um, sustainable, which means it has to be part of your lifestyle, which means you essentially have to integrate the same sort of um, motivation points and force points and sustainability points as with anything else. You know, how, you know, the same thing we do with getting lunch, for instance, if you miss out lunch today, there are a gazillion points of reference throughout the day, which were... Remind you to eat, you know, from yeah. adverts on TV to food around the house to food being accessible almost anywhere to your friends having, you know, perhaps dinner later on. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And it it isn't the same with exercise. You know, we create very specific barriers. You know, you say you need to exercise. What do you need to do? Well, oh, you need the right kind of shoes. You need the right kind of outfit. Or you need to go to the gym. Or you need to go down to to the cycling club or the running club or the martial arts club. And all these are barriers. You need to get out of the house. You need to get into a specific frame of mind. And it shouldn't be like that. You know, you can do all those things, certainly, if that's what you want. And if you're capable of and you have the discipline. But if you can't, what do you do? If you haven't got to that stage yet, how do you get there? And, and that's where Derby comes in. This is where the accessibility comes in. The programs look deceptively easy. They're not. Um, although you can do oh. them at that. You know, they're, they're programs of varying difficulty. And you can do them at different levels. But there, you know, there's something for everyone. Yeah. We've had uh, – we, we run workshops where we test everything. So uh, it can take up to three months for a program to materialize uh, from conception to, to publication. And we've had uh, Special Forces guys coming in. Oh, man. And, you know, they're fit – but some programs kicked their butt, and you know they're very, they're very, they were very forthcoming about. it. They said, "Wow,
0: is nice of them." So now, where did the? I'm I'm not going to lie. I found it through, as I said, through Pinterest. I found um, somebody sent me as a joke because of Batman. They sent me this link to the the page, and then through looking on the uh, switching over to your site, I found it is absolutely just all encompassing, uh, and the programs. A very interesting style of programs where you can go through what's uh, as i'm looking here your post apocalyptic fitness quest uh, Spartan trials and and those types of things who's your generalized target audience that you guys find
1: well we we start off with things which we like ourselves you know there's about f- uh, five members in the team at the moment, and you know we we sort of our brainstorm and we you know have ideas which we throw about, and the moment something clicks, then we start looking and how we can make it uh, more accessible. And my classic, you know, my classic example is Hero's Journey, where, you know, yeah, how do you exercise? You know, everybody wants to be a hero. And, you know, we've all seen sort of these um, films like, you know, Lord of the Rings, where you know, there's a <laughs> transformation and you acquire new skills and you learn new things. And, you know, by the end of it, you can use a sword and throw an axe <laughs> and you can do incredible things. And we thought, wouldn't it be great, you know, if we could actually do that in our heads as we exercise? And... That became a you know a fantastic thing because we sort of put it out in in the workshop groups. We got feedback on that, and we kept sort of working on that. It actually took five months to bring together, and then we put it up on the website, and people loved it, and they've been doing it ever since. and And, it, and it's that kind of approach, you know. It, it got us excited. The feedback then gets us excited. We get a gazillion emails every week from people who haven't really tried exercise before or who've tried it in the past and they sort of let it go and it's been a few years and they're trying to get back into it and they do something like this and then it doesn't feel like exercise and then you know the 30 days go by the 60 days depending on the program and they're you know they're transformed they look back and they think whoa I did that and I think that's a fantastic feeling of um, self-achievement it's the it's exactly what fitness is designed to do it it transforms us physically but also the massive transformation that really happens is internally. We begin to to be confident, Our, our outlook changes, the way we think changes, the way we feel about ourselves changes, and then suddenly the whole world looks different.
0: Yeah, it allows so much, um, and I, I refer to it, and I hope my audiences aren't straight away from the fact, it's almost like a role-playing uh, workout plan where you're, folks, you're kind of like you're reading through a book or you have a choice, you you go this direction, you go this direction, there's extra points to earn and stuff like that, and it really, it helps keep the motivation going. I've done the, the just the 30-day, I can't remember the name of it, and it, I just... Finished it uh, dealing with also with running, and um, it was a great way to kind of keep me going. It wasn't the same routine every day, and I wasn't going to the same place every day. And I could do it in a lot of different places. I could perform the workouts at home. I could do them in an athletic club. If I, I could do them in a hotel room if the people below me weren't too upset.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think I think that's the magic. You can actually take these things with you anywhere. I mean, we have individual programs as well, and some of them are very short. It last about twenty minutes. Or fifteen minutes, depending on the level, you do them at, and they don't require a lot of room. They don't require a lot of, don't require any equipment, um, and and you know you can do them in your hotel room as you, as you said. If and you feel good about yourself, and you know you, you sort of um, don't feel that you've missed out on your exercise.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things when you. T- I want to reemphasize the 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 minimalist equipment that is needing is is body weight exercise something that you guys have always been a part of, it and it see. Do you see it as as a Is it a trend? Is it something that's always been existing? Or is it more beneficial in your mind? (laughs) When um, Naila Ray put it together, one of the
1: barriers, her her approach was that one of the barriers when it comes to exercise is the lack of equipment. You know, if you need to lift, for example, you need barbells, and they're expensive, and you don't have them. You you don't have ankle weights. You don't have, you know, even a chin up bar. So what do you do? Well, in your mind, it becomes just one more insurmountable obstacle which stops you from getting to where you want to. We, as it happens, we, you know, we have our own gym. At the end of the day, the gym we have is always with us. It's our own body weight. Yeah. You know, we exercise and train so we can actually control our bodies better. And um, back in the uh, 70s, a lot of the comic book heroes would train at home without <laughs> any equipment. They used chairs, for instance, and they do a lot of push-ups and a lot of, a lot of sit-ups and squats, Because back in the 70s, you know, it was expensive to have your own stuff in terms of the gyms. And that was reflected in that culture. And from that, we got the vision that, you know, essentially we should be doing, you know, that kind of approach. And as it happens, it's also common in the martial arts culture. You always use your own body weight. It's common in the military fitness culture where the body weight is the primary thing that you learn to actually use to get fit. And these are concrete examples that, you you know, working fitness coming from those very hardcore areas. Um, we've been fortunate because now there have been an increasing number of scientific studies which actually back up the trend. And we're beginning to see a little bit of a shift away from weights because weights have been driven primarily by the successful, um, extremely successful um, marketing and promotion of bodybuilding, which is yeah. great. That's what you want to do. But they're not for everyone. You know, If you're doing cycling, for instance, your body training and your, your training regime as a whole should be entirely different. If you're doing running… You know, going and lift and squatting tremendous amounts of weight isn't really going to help you unless, unless, you know, you, you're doing something which has to do with sprinting, in which case you really need to know what kind of weight you should be doing and how many reps it should be. Now we have the studies which show that, you know, for kind of explosive muscle, it should be as few as possible instead of trying to, to build up um, visible, visible bulk. So, you know, it's, it, it just happened that, you know, we were at the right um, time and at the right places it happened and, and you know, it's taking off quite nicely.
0: Now, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room here, and what everybody's probably listening going, all right, all right, how much does it cost? Um, <laughs> you, you guys offer this, this service for free. I, it's on a yeah. donation basis. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> what's the benefit to you guys here? I mean, do you well, guys all have uh, some sort of penance you're paying or something like that? Well, I mean, when Naylor approached
1: us all, he was out about about a couple of things. First of all, we're never going to sell anything. So everything which we put up on the site has been researched to death, and that includes the writing and the articles. And we never promote a particular point of view if we're not feeling confident about it, and we always back everything up with with knowledge. The second thing is nothing is going to be commercial, and you know because the site is so visible, we get approached relatively relatively frequently by companies who want us, you know, want to sponsor us, yeah. which is great. I mean, you know, it's nice that they're offering this. Unfortunately. And, and LRA always has a final word on this. We always turn them down, and the reason we do that is we feel at the moment we accept a commercial um, sponsorship deal of any kind, suddenly the accessibility to fitness, which we promote sometimes to the um, to, to quite a high degree, becomes a little bit slanted because now you know we feel contractually bound to yeah. promote very specific things, and. That tainting, unfortunately, and I'm using the word tainting in a very light mode here, is what has kept fitness compartmentalized and um, sort of siloed for such a long time, uh, because you know uh, gyms, which should be the places we all go to, um, had a very specific requirement that you know you had to do this, you have to pay a membership, yeah. you have to, which is which is great because I understand the commercial uh, structures and they need to make money. So I'm not I'm not sort of um, against that, but. When you take a very hard line to that approach, it suddenly becomes an elitist thing which only a few people can afford. And wouldn't it be great if you had a gym which said, you know, three days a week or a day a week, anybody can come in. Yeah. And I, I think that would be fantastic because suddenly it suddenly becomes more accessible. And if you get, you know, on that day, 50 people coming in, maybe from those 50 people, you might convert three. And, you know, if the other people finally have the money to come in, you might get a lot more people from that action than you would from marketing, which is costing you money. But they don't do that. Because they're sort of siloed in that kind of commercialized um, point of view. And, and the same thing with, comes with any prepackaged fitness plan. You know, if we had a fitness plan, we said, you know, this is it. The moment you start asking money for it up front, then you have to, to sort of make everybody believe it's really worth it to the exclusion of everything else, which it can't possibly be true. It can't work for everybody. It can't be that good that there's nothing better out there. It can't be that fantastic that, you know, this is the only thing you're ever going to need. But that's how you would present it, because otherwise, why would somebody give you, you know, twenty ninety nine or fifty ninety nine for something upfront, so they can get fit? So we don't do that. It's all accessible. It's free, and the whole site is run by donations. And sometimes that can be a little bit dodgy. (laughs) You know, we get some months where it is a bit nail biting. But so far, it's been fantastic. And you know, the 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 public we have has lived up to the um, expectations of the vision that. Um, Nail up, put in place, and you know we're still here.
0: You know, I I felt guilty when I first found it because I used some of the workouts for a while, and then I just was I was enjoying it, and I went, oh god, I got I got I got to do this, and I I I think I threw ten dollars the direction of the website <laughs> just to start off.
1: You know, uh, you know, I'm smiling now because actually I know exactly what you what you, what you feel. <laughs> there's, a there's a restaurant in Manchester, and the food is fantastic there, and it's free. <laughs> you know, you go in. And it says, pay what you feel. And you know, you're, you know you order whatever it is, and the food is always fantastic. The service is really nice. And then you start feeling really guilty, <laughs> because there are no prices. You're thinking, how much am I going to give here? You don't want to appear too stingy. You don't want to yeah. be able, you know, be, you know, splash out too much. So <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you mean.
0: Oh, and you know how many people are probably screaming at their computers right now? Because as of the New Year's, they made the resolution and put a $1,000 down for a club membership or something like that. And we're just going, hey, you know, throw a little bit here every month. If you got it, great. If you're not, you know, do it when you can. They're just...
1: Come on. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you mentioned this because, I mean, isn't this typical? We do this every year, and this is human psychology. You know, we say we say to ourselves, I'm going to go down to the gym and I'm going to put down a year's membership because now yeah. I'm, it's forcing me, because I paid money for it, to go there every day. And what happens? Well, first of all, life happens. We know that things are really complicated. Everybody hasn't got enough time in their lives and, you know, things get messy. Second thing is you start a new regime in the year, and it's not – uh, sufficiently ingrained in your everyday lifestyle for you to make it a big thing. So, you know, you, you tend to go religiously the first week, and then yeah, things happen <laughs> the second week, it's patching. By the third week, you're thinking, oh, I'm really not in the mood for it today. And, you know, and by the fourth week, you feel so guilty because you haven't turned up, but you think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do other things, and perhaps I'll go for a run when summer comes or yeah. you know, spring comes. And and that's how it goes. And and it shouldn't be. and And really, again, you know, gyms should actually – be making it easier for you to to go there. You know, they shouldn't be saying, "Hey, give us your money, great." Okay, we don't want to see you again now because you're wearing out our
0: equipment. Until yeah,
1: next year, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Or the or the guy whose chin is the his neck is the same size as the rest of his head is getting in the way for you to get to any of the exercise oh, yeah. equipment.
1: <laughs> Those people make us all feel inadequate, unfortunately. Yeah, well,
0: he's flexing in the mirror, and you're just going, "Really? Come on, okay. you know, you <laughs> yeah, get out of yeah. the way." And so. <laughs> So, now, it's not just the training programs, too. I've been spending some time on, on the site, and it is it is so much. Can you, in any way, kind of summarize everything that you guys offer? I mean, the yeah, diet plans. We have, the...
1: Yeah, we have um, we have eating plans, right? And they, again, they, they're worked out through um, trial and error. We see what works. We test them out with work, work group volunteers. And I must say, they're about... You know, there are about, um, I think, 400 volunteers across the world, last time I checked. And, you know, there are different groups and they volunteer to do different things and they give us feedback and they tell us how things work and how they don't work. And because there's a huge cross-section of people doing them, um, their feedback is valuable in making sure that the accessibility works. So we have um, eating plans, we have training plans, we have articles which are written um, and researched very extensively. And the articles are there to educate us, they're there to basically demystify fitness and help us understand why sometimes some things work and some other things don't work, and how to to, to make all things better. And there's also a very thriving forum on the site called The Hive, um, which started out um, just at, uh, about mid-January last year, and it's got over 10,000 members at the moment. And wow. it's super friendly, extremely exciting being there because everybody helps each other out. They share information, they share... Um, their own experiences. And it becomes quite a steep learning curve because at the end of the day, if you hear how people train, you realize, um, you know, what you should be doing, you become smarter at it. Um, and, and it. And it helps you. Also, it helps you sustain your own momentum because everybody has difficulties. And, and, and the fact is, if we train alone on our own, well, it doesn't matter how dedicated we are. At some point, we're going, we're going to fail things are going to become too much we're going to hit a dip we're going to feel internally inadequate in terms of catching up with our own targets so having other people around you crash and burn sometimes and she openly share that information that experience it, it's it's brilliant because it, it you realize okay i may be weak today but you know other people are also weak and they're coming back and they're you know they're they're fighting this this dip in their lives and you know i can do it also
0: now, many of the workouts uh, come with really great visual aids. How so you guys have created this almost like a poster feel. Um, mm. the, the app online for your phone has individual timers, so you can time your rest or time the individual efforts there. Um, and of course, the the superhero workouts, which I th- just think are hilarious and, and awesome. Um, is this is this a constant idea stream? Where did all these things come up with?
1: Yeah, we well we look around us all the time, and the I mean, the inspiration. It comes from three directions sometimes it's um, Naila's own ideas and she's so always kept a lot of um, track of a lot of the things she wanted to do um, we each of each member of the team brings in his own sort of uh, perspectives and personality and what has really helped us a tremendous amount is also the the thriving atmosphere and climate in the hive which is a forum yeah. where people constantly suggest things and even if we outright reject something because we think that you know it it's not quite doable it gives us ideas and directions which we can explore and then we put programs together and and you know things morph from a dozen sort of different directions and inputs so no single person really can be said to be the creator of a particular program or a particular article
0: so um okay i'm just i was i was looking through some of the stuff and i just think it's great now do you guys have uh, there are some programs that involve running there are some very high intensity things um what do you say for somebody like for example myself or somebody else who is involved also in another sport um where would they approach this from
1: well that's great i think um having cross sport uh fitness i think that's fantastic because you bring the strengths of one particular type of sport like perhaps running or cycling and now you have you know different requirements perhaps you need a Explosiveness, or you need strength. um, There's a filter at the end of the site where, if you put in what you're looking for, and if you're looking for strength, or if you're looking for endurance, it will come up. And then it's just a case of choosing a program which takes your like and trying it out and trying to challenge yourself. What we've learned over the last um, 18 months, and we get a lot of data from people who have tried programs and some of these people are uh, fitness experts themselves, mm-hmm. and they've been very forthcoming with their experiences in terms of how the program has transformed them. Um, what we've learned essentially is that irrespective of the level of fitness you're at, the body is an adaptive machine, and the targets are always moving. So your horizon is always receding. You know if you're fast, you want to become faster. If you are strong, you perhaps you also want to be flexible. And learning how you juggle all these things, is very much an ongoing dialogue between the willpower in your head, the driver behind your eyes, and the logic, the internal logic that runs the body. And a lot of the problems happen if we sort of disconnect those two. Mm-hmm. You know, if you stop listening to your body and you think, you know, it's some kind of machine. And we use the machine analog uh, analogy so many times that we forget that the body isn't really a machine. You know, it's it's a metaphor we're actually using. Yeah. So. You know, if you disconnect that voice which you listen to your body, then a lot of the times things go wrong. You know, your training doesn't quite work, or you train in the wrong way. And although you may be successful in your training, the results and your performance are suffering. If you listen, however, and you watch how your body performs, and you check your targets, you check your goals, and you check your voice—the voice in your head—and then you sort of become more synced. Things become not necessarily easier, but certainly better.
0: Yeah, Do you, is there a place you recommend a very novice somebody who might not have had a whole lot of experience in this where they would start? Is there a specific program? Is there? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes, we have um, the foundation program. That's for an absolute beginner. So if somebody hasn't, you know, done anything for a long time or they have never done fitness, we've actually had a lot of quite a lot of people um, at the tail end of last year who haven't had any sort of um, experience in, in in sort of doing anything in terms of their fitness, and they didn't know where to start. So we have the foundation program, and we also have a lighter one of that, which is called Foundation Light, and they're brilliant starter programs. They begin this kind of dialogue of acquaintance between your mind and your body, and you learn how you do things, and you learn what a powerful instrument the body actually is. And, you know, once you learn how to control it, you get a sense of empowerment that, you know, it really does turn in a little bit of a superhero inside your head. <laughs>
0: Yeah I mean and and the th- great thing is is each workout each individual workout is tiered for different levels. If I go into a specific challenge I can do it on a level 1, 2 or 3 so people can still be doing the same things but if you're not feeling up to that level you can reduce the efforts or vice versa. Yes.
1: That's right. And 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 again this reflects the way we usually train if we use body weight for instance. Well, uh, you know, the body weight really you know doesn't really fluctuate that much. So it doesn't change. And you think, well, if it doesn't change, how am I ever going to train for strength, for example, or speed or endurance? And actually we can, because there's a a logic which says that the body adapts not to the weight that you apply, but to the load that you apply to the muscles. And there's different ways of training, which would allow the load bearing upon your muscles to change depending on how you use your body. Um, you can use it in a way that tires the muscle groups after one exercise, after the other, and that's a different kind of load to one that allows one muscle group to tire, then another one to come in, and then you go back to the original one, and which has all recovered by that time. Yeah. So this kind of um, approach makes things fun because you know you, you constantly find out things, and it's exciting. Um, It it makes them very adaptive to your needs, so basically you can use your body and a little bit of space and some exercises to reach goals that um, most people wouldn't be able to get after six months or three or six months in a gym. Um, And and that's always tremendously exciting. And it it also allows you to feel in control, and and that's a very important element. Um, At the end of the day, we want to be fit, uh, not because we look good, I mean that's a side effect yeah. but we want to to feel that you know we we live inside our body and we control it absolutely and it does what we want it to do and 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 that's the feeling we're aiming for
0: well, I will say, as a person who is a, you know predominantly a lower body kind of guy because I do most of my sport is is cycling. I started on a program thinking, "Oh, I can do this one. i'll do, I'll start level three and um, after two workouts, it, this is for the listeners, you guys i w- I was walking like my legs were two by fours. it was <laughs> it was it's it's a good workout. It's really tough. it is yeah we, we, we get because of the feedback we get, um we
1: always um, make sure that the you know the workouts are accessible. But they also are aimed at, you know, people who are relatively fit as well and they want to be challenged. So they're always challenging. And, you know, even if you do one of our programs at level one, doing it at level three, yeah, it's an entirely different ball game. You know, different kind of uh, mechanisms kick into the body. The circulatory system now needs to, to work a little bit different. Body temperature goes up a little bit higher and the muscles work differently. Um, Again, for each of the workouts which we put together, we actually, once we have the idea, then it always comes down to what kind of exercise are we going to use, and then how do those exercises work together? So we look at the underlying logic, and for that, we we use the latest research in terms of sports science, Um, we look at at, at the knowledge we have from ballet, which has been going for a long time and has given us a good body of work, and we also look at martial arts, which people are beginning to look at uh, more scientifically these days.
0: How's the reception been since um, since your involvement and, and what, is, what, are, what are your dynamics of the of the population of the people involved like?
1: Um, it's been good. I mean, we are inundated with um, emails and feedback. There's a section in the site where people can actually post reviews and we always start the day looking at the new ones that come in um, and, and it's fascinating. You know, we've had people who have told us that essentially we've changed their lives and, we, you know, when you hear that, it wow, stops yeah. being a job. It stops being, you know. You suddenly feel it, it becomes something amazing to actually have a kind of effect.
0: That's pretty powerful.
1: It, it is, and and we get also a lot of emails from a lot of people who use these breakouts. We get a lot of PE teachers. We get um, police union uh, trainers. We've had um, um, Marines. We use them. We've had some guys from Afghanistan. They couldn't tell us where they're based, but they said. <laughs> Uh, they've been using them because they haven't got a gym down there or any kind of equipment and they found them fantastic. Wow. And we thought, whoa! (laughs) Because, you know, we we think of those guys as superheroes, right? Yeah. They're in a a war zone.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah,
1: so it really gives us a thrill. And that, you know, it it, it totally stops the feeling that, you know, we are working in a very sort of um, pressure-driven environment because it is. We do a lot of stuff for the five, you know, the team is small and we're doing incredible amounts of stuff. But it, it doesn't sort of feel that it's a job anymore. It feels brilliant in terms of how it's received.
0: Yeah. Now, can I before we finish up um, the name Dareb D-A-R-E-B-E-E, Where did that one come from?
1: That came out of uh, a week of almost no <laughs> sleep and caffeine fueled discussions. <laughs> we we threw up all sorts of names. I mean, what happened was when when uh, Naylor's vision began to take off. Um she had her own website, which was yeah. called naylaray and um you know she never she never thought you know when, when the whole thing started by her publishing her own personal routines on on the internet and they sort of took off and uh, they became very popular and you know she started working a little bit more diligently in in sharing what she had, and things started growing so when we made that name change, you know we we knew that it had to be more than one person because it wasn't her anymore. Um, you know, the team by then, I was number, person number five joining it. We had the volunteers across the world and we had the workshops in, going on in, in several places. So we needed a slightly more professional um, name. And, you know, we, we sort of threw all sorts of things up there fitball, wacky fitness, you, know, <laughs> you name it. And then we came up with their Bee because, um, first of all, bees balance the entire ecosystem. But, you know, nobody sort of seems to see them. They're that. invisible. And we thought that's a, that's a cool way to sort of looking at it. You know, a certain level of humility in what we do is brilliant because <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we love the, the effect we have, but it's really the people themselves doing it that make it work. So we just make it possible for them. Um, and the DARE staff, came, you know, we, we love, we, we must say we all love SAS guys and Delta Force guys. And these guys have, you know, they're sort of stenciled in their forehead. You know, it's just they, 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 can, they can do incredible things. So we thought if we have um, something which is daring yeah. in the title, would be great. And that's what it came to be. So it's a bit of a play on words. We like the be analogy. We like the fact that it's also a play on dare to be.
0: And that's, it yeah. became
1: dare be. So, you know, it, and, and that's how it sort of came about.
0: Okay, you know, I've I've been through the that search of domain names many times myself and I've gone, oh this sounds oh no somebody took it. Oh there's <laughs> no somebody took it. You know, and then I was wondering how this one came about and I thought dare to be and I thought that was a great creation, but the the yeah. B yeah. reference is actually pretty interesting there too. Well, uh, David, first of all, I got to thank you for your time. And second of all, I got to tell you that um, this is something that I found, uh, fortunately by accident, but it is out there, you guys. And, um, um, I've turned my wife onto it. She's the one of the ones who paid, uh, you know, a, a good amount of money for one of those eight, 12 week programs or something like that. And upon the first couple of days of doing some of the exercises, she looked at me and said, this is the same stuff I just paid for. And I looked at her and kind of like, you know, huh, I win, <laughs> but, uh. You guys are doing some really, really great stuff over there, and the fact that you're you're doing it humbly and you're doing it not necessarily for the gigantic amount of coffers it'll fill, um, I, I'm impressed by that. Especially somebody who offers a free podcast that he's been doing for <laughs> yeah. fifteen years. Well, uh,
1: I think you know we live in a world which is changing every day, and it's changing, in my opinion, for the better. Even though it doesn't always feel like that, especially when you look at the news. We, you know, we're becoming smarter and we're more intelligent, more connected, and we want to see value in the things we do, because if there's no value, there's no point in committing ourselves. And that's how we approach the fitness level, you know, the the fitness stuff. Essentially, you know, you say, here's what it is. You know, we'll help you work out what you want and we'll help you reach your own goal and feel good about yourself and enjoy life more. And that has value which is then reflected in what you do and how you feel about it and how you tell other people. And for some people, it has enough value for them to contribute and, and they obviously have the capability to do so. And that helps keep the project up. But also it reflects their own involvement in the lives of others um, because by doing that, they help many other people across the world also stay fit and, and become part of this um, journey. And, and I think that's fantastic. And, and, and again, you know, you mentioned your own podcast. I think the fact that we can communicate and and spread information so easily these days oh, yeah. that becomes so transformative. You know, people listening to this, for instance, you know, you've made it possible. You you know, you're going to reach thousands of people who wouldn't have heard about this before, and they start thinking about it actively. And I think again, you know, the power of the 21st century tools at our disposal um, really re- requires us to be a little bit more thoughtful in how we approach things.
0: Yeah. Well, i got to tell you, the geek inside me absolutely loves it just from all bases of it, but it's not just for that type of an audience. Um, Everybody, it's called darebee.com, D-A-R-E-B-E-E.com. I highly uh, recommend it, and this is not coming from someplace I'm endorsed by, you guys. I found it by myself, and I've been using it by myself, and I reached out to these guys to get them on. Uh, David, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this.
0: That was fun. So, there you have it, you guys. It's not just about getting on your bike and pedaling like crazy. If you're a triathlete, it's not just about swimming and biking and running. It's about um, doing a little bit more than that. And boy, you guys, I have done, like I've said, I've done some of these workouts. They're absolutely killer. Give it a try. God knows the price is right. Thanks to. Uh, To David and everybody from Derby for being on the show. I appreciate that. And um, you guys, I got more interviews uh, lining up. I think we got at least a a month ahead of ourselves. So uh, stay tuned. Be sure and rank us, rate us, judge me on iTunes and let me know what you guys think about the process. Uh, Drop me a note on Facebook or the Twitter, as we old people say. I guess I'll, uh, I'll be talking to you guys next week. See you later.